0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Latter day Saint Mission Cast. I'm your host, Nick Galetti. We have two very special guests on this week's episode. It's a rare privilege to be able to interview these two gentlemen, Mac Wilberg and Ryan Murphy, the music director and associate music director for the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. Mac Wilberg was appointed music director of the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square on March 28, 2008, having served as Associate Music Director of the Choir since May 1999. Dr. Wilberg is responsible for all musical and creative aspects of the choir and orchestra at Temple Square in rehearsals, concerts, tours, and recordings, as well as the weekly broadcast of Music and the Spoken Word. Brian Murphy, the Associate Music Director, has an extensive choral conducting and professional musical theater experience. Prior to his appointment with the choir, he conducted six choirs in the Boston area, including two choirs at the prestigious New England Conservatory Preparatory School. He served four years as the choral director at the Walnut Hill School for the Arts, an internationally recognized secondary school affiliated with the New England Conservatory. He was the music director of the Tuakon Center for the Arts in St. George, Utah from 2005 to 2007 following five seasons as music director at the Sundance Institute in Provo, Utah. They have a new album coming out. Well, the choir has a new album coming out that we're going to talk about, as well as the different ways that the choir as an organization, as well as their productions can be a missionary tool. Here now is our interview with Mac Wilberg and Ryan Murphy from the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. All right, on this episode of the Latter-day Saint Mission Cast, we are here at the offices of the Tabernacle Choir in the Tabernacle, and we are here with the two directors, the musical directors, I should say, uh, Mac Wilberg and Ryan Murphy, who are here to talk about not only this latest release from the choir, but a little bit about their work. But uh, let's have you guys say your names uh, and where you served your missions.
1: Well, I'm Brother Wilberg, and I... uh served a mission many years ago. <laughs> actually from 1974
2: to 76. Okay. In South Korea. Excellent. And I'm Ryan Murphy and I served a mission to France, Paris. All right. And he's withholding the the year which is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, his was last century. Just so you know. <laughs> well, very much so.
0: <laughs> well, thank you guys for being willing to come on and talk with us uh we, we kind of have some impressions about what the choir does because of what we see, of course, during general conference and so on. But the choir itself is kind of a missionary organization. And, and in what ways is that true? Well, it's
1: very true. Every member of the choir and the orchestra both are set apart as missionaries. And it's a very important part of why the choir and the orchestra exist, and, and always
0: has been. Is that technically a stake calling then? Like, just like a regular missionary that their stake president sets them apart? They're set apart by the leadership of the choir. Oh, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So they are officially missionaries, but they don't wear the tag the same way. So in what ways are they missionaries?
2: Well, they're missionaries that minister through their musical talents. And okay. so the great thing about the choir and the orchestra, I think, is that They are so good at helping people feel the Holy Ghost, which is one of the best ways to to minister to people, I think, is to help soften hearts and to help them to feel God's love through music. So that's one of the the ways that they minister.
1: It's also, I think it serves a purpose in being missionaries, but not always in what what, what you would call is an, an intimidating way. Okay. In that there are many people who listen to the choir and and the orchestra particularly uh, we of course for ninety years have done a 30 minute program of inspirational music with a short message. and uh, there are many people throughout those ninety years it, that has been become part of their that is their Sunday yeah. worship. Also sometimes uh, it's an easy way I think for for members of the church to introduce their friends to the church, uh, either bringing them to a concert yeah. or, or a Sunday morning broadcast or the many other things that the choir and
2: the orchestra do on, yeah. a, on well, a weekly basis. And you mentioned general conference, which is an important part of what we do, but it's also one of many different things the choir does all year long. So,
1: Right. Sometimes uh, if, if, if a person just judges the choir by general conference, <laughs> I don't think that that's... A, a total it's, picture of yeah. what the what the choir and 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 we say the orchestra because the orchestra has become such an important part of what the choir does and in fact that that leads us into talking about our our uh, new CD yeah. which very much is a collaboration between
0: the choir and the orchestra. It's the same organization, right? It's it is still the under the same organization. I, I assume they get the same call. They do. They
2: do. They do. So and, we, and we
1: also have we have a handbell choir. Yes. That's part of the organization as well. And they 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 serve in the same ver- in the very same way.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I spent some time today on the choir's website and I saw that there was all sorts of things actually that I didn't even know were there. Uh historical database of people who had been in the choir or had been involved and in, and there's so many other things that people can find at the on the choir's website. Um, You brought up the CD, and it's called Let Us All Press On, with the subtitle of Hymns of Praise and Inspiration, and that is, it's available now. That's correct. If I can remember correctly, this is all hymns, and it's been some time since the choir did an all hymns release. It's been seven years since we
1: released an all hymns album, yes. Okay. Was that intentional
0: or it just kind of happened that way? Or
1: Well, we when we began our own recording label in the uh, early 2000s, we d- did quite a few recordings of hymns at that time. And so we got to a certain point, we thought, well, maybe- uh, Time to take a break. <laughs> maybe we should take a little break and, and uh, do some other things and it's hard to believe it's been really 7 years since we just did an all hymns album but yeah. during that time of course we wrote we've written new arrangements of the hymns and others we've we've used other arrangements by many several talented musicians in the church
0: and and so it just sort of the seemed timing, like
2: timing seemed right the, to come the, back to it the Can time go? was right yeah
0: we just of course finished general conference which has its own stresses i'm sure for you guys but why i bring that up is uh you know general conference especially in what people are now calling the president nelson era they see president nelson as someone who has changed a lot of things and and has been a just a so fast paced with hastening the work but people may be surprised to know that he has a song on this album in a way he he contributed lyrics to one of the songs i believe
1: yes uh he originally wrote uh, lyrics to a, an existing hymn tune. It was a Welsh hymn tune. I think that happened in the early two thousands. I
0: think it was two thousand three, if I remember.
1: Uh, right. Yes, I think you're correct. And uh, he actually approached me at that time. I was at that time the associate music director of the choir. And asked me if I would help him with a, an arrangement of it, which I did at that time. And then, when we were putting together this new CD at, right now or last year, I thought, I think we should revisit that perhaps. And so I did a new arrangement of it. Oh, okay. That uh, we were. We were really pleased to not only include on this CD, but we were really thrilled that he came to the recording session when we recorded it.
0: Yeah. What? What? Uh. He He spoke to the choir too, I believe.
1: He did. Yes. And, both uh, both before we recorded and then a, a little bit after. Was that so a little ner- nervous? It's kind of a different environment for recording, I would imagine. Well, it it it, it was really a great thing, and uh, it took us about two hours to capture the piece because it, it
2: happened on the last day of recording it, it, it was
1: the last thing we recorded Very last a, thing on a, on a saturday on a, on a okay. saturday afternoon so. everyone was tired because we had been rec- <laughs> we'd been recording all week from well when i say that we every evening tuesday, wednesday, okay. thursday, friday evenings and then we did a saturday morning session and we ended with, on a Saturday afternoon, it was the last thing. It, and also, because I wrote this kind of at the last minute, it was a piece that we had not rehearsed a lot. Oh, I see. And so... Uh,
2: I would say it gave everyone, everyone a boost. It was a, a, yeah, It was a really a <laughs> yeah. great
1: thing to uh, have President Nelson at the recording session. And uh, it did, in fact, uh, I think it was, uh, because everyone was so tired, it was a great motivator. Oh, uh, I believe to, it. To want to, to of course... Do our very very best, and I really expected him to only stay for a half hour or an hour, <laughs> a piece of it, yeah, and just hear a little piece of it. But he stayed for the entire session, which was a really uh, a wonderful thing.
0: That's fantastic. Now there's some other little things that are probably a little less known about the recording process that the choir goes through. I mean, you guys have probably the greatest recording studio in the world there at the <laughs> Tabernacle. What What are some of the other things that people may not know that goes into a, a CD like this?
2: The quilts are one thing that I was interested to Well, that was the first out. thing that came to my mind. It's, <laughs> it's maybe not the main thing, but uh, it is a great space to record in, but when, it, when there are no people in it, it's quite reverberant. And so we do have the choir members and orchestra bring, bring quilts that we – put on the benches that helps to sort of, I guess, make it not quite so reverberant, it which absorbs is a little, it a, bit, a, a little sure. bit better for recording purposes. I think the other thing is, uh, and Mac can speak about this, but there's a real, we're not just throwing songs together, there's a real plan to how a CD works and the order of the songs and the key relationships, and so without maybe wanting the average listener to realize all that goes into it, there is designed to be a flow to things, so... Yeah.
1: Flow and uh, texture of the music. By okay. that I mean, one of the challenges of doing a, a, a CD that's all of the same genre. In this case, it's all hymns. Yeah. There there is a, a challenge in in that everything could sound alike. Yeah, unless unless one thinks through the how it should be put together. Sure. And so we do, we do concentrate on that a bit. For instance, many of the pieces use the full orchestra, but then sometimes maybe only the strings and a couple of woodwind instruments. Okay. We don't use brass, heavy brass on everything, because that, again, that would tend to all sound the same. Got it. And uh, so, when we use when we use a lot of brass, and and, and there are several several tracks where we use uh, the full brass section, and and they're, they're, they are of course appropriate for those hymns that would sure. call for those sorts of things. Yeah, there's a lot of thought that goes into this. It's just not yeah. stringing together a bunch of pieces.
0: Yeah. It's not just throwing a dartboard at the the hymns That's chart right. And That's right. Where, see where it lands. And that it brings up an interesting thought too that that it's not just arranged per song, it's arranged as an album. That's these, right. These these are you don't hit random on this on your CD player. You should listen to it from beginning to end. We always appreciate
1: it when people do that <laughs> because because I think in any any CD uh, that we've done in in the last 20 years, really, that's been a very important part of, of the design. Uh, and it's there. Uh, I think our recordings are meant, if they're listened to in the right way, and as you said, from beginning to end, it, it it will take the listener through a bit of a journey.
0: Okay. So I have some curiosity. I mean, we we you've said that there's there's been some purpose behind which songs you chose. And I grew up listening to Let Us All Press On, that, that
2: hymn. Why was that one
0: chosen as the title for this album?
2: Well, there's an interesting story behind that. Our head organist, Richard Elliott, used to play Let Us All Press On, his own version or arrangement of it at General Conference, sort of as post probably even after the cameras went off air. And the choir and, and Mac and I heard him play this for a number of years. And then when we were, when we were making this album... I believe Mac uh said to Rick you ought to think of turning that into a choral arrangement. Well, Actually, it, it was before that it time. It was before that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I I had heard him play it. I can't remember what the occasion was, but he played it as a postlude and and I said to him after that I said, "Rick, I think you could, that would probably make a good uh choral arrangement." So, why don't you Think about that, and then as we we were approaching General Conference time again, and it was time to start thinking about uh, some some of the music for that. I it popped into my mind again, so I said, "Rick, I think this is a good time for you to, if you if you can, to yeah. do to do a write that as a an arrangement for chorus and organ." So he did. We did it at General Conference. It was a big success. Everybody loved it, and uh, then. Uh, that was a couple of years ago actually. and then we did it again. actually, President Nelson requested it as as one of the to end general conference a year ago. okay That's just at the time that we were formulating some ideas for this CD. so uh, after that, then I asked Rick if he would orchestrate it and that's, orchestrate the accompaniment which means that then you take sometimes we write our arrangements with piano or organ accompaniment then but then you have to orchestrate it for full orchestra which is writing from from the piccolo down to the to the low bass yeah and giving it that color and so i asked rick to uh, orchestrate his arrangement of that for
2: this album but uh, as far as white's became the title of the cd i would say we both felt that it captured very well the spirit Of the CD and the music, and 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 also uh, the energy in the church. The energy, the vigor of the
1: church right now, with with, uh, President Nelson as the president of the
0: church. Yeah. So this is kind of like our soundtrack, as Latter-day Saints, in a way. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay, I I like that. Yes, I like that. So you have. have, We like that too. May we? May we? uh, (laughs) May we use your your words for now? Absolutely. I'm sitting here in this office and noticing gold records and there's a platinum one for a Christmas album and do you guys feel any type of expectations seeing these sorts of things when it comes to releasing a new album Well we we always say that we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us That's fair
1: This organization the Tabernacle Choir organization has a an incredible history yeah. starting from the 19th century to the present day, and so I, I think that you, one has to ha- keep things in perspective. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, in order to
0: propel and to to move forward, you guys have have so many performances all the time, and we've actually brought people to the Thursday night and rehearsals and things right. like that. That's that's kind of been our missionary time where we bring people to that. Um, when they're in town visiting and things sure. like that. and But you, you do have these special concerts coming up that can serve as extra special occasions, and one of them being this special Easter event that has a particular missionary angle to it.
1: We try to do something every Easter that's that, that has some significance. And in, in previous years, we've... Uh, well, every other year we do Messiah. Now that's sort of become a tradition. Okay. Just, just re- not within the last decade, really. Uh, we did a recording of the entire oratorio Messiah, and then after that we decided we would do it every other year as as a live performance. But then we also broadcast it all over the world. And, yeah. and I know members have brought non-member friends to hear that uh, uh, on the Easter weekend. So this particular year, we did Messiah last year, so we're in our... We're in the off year. We're in the <laughs> uh, off year, yes. <laughs> That's not so a great way to put it. <laughs> we, we have put together, I think, a, a, a really nice... Easter, we're calling it, we're not calling it a concert, we're calling it, uh, it a program. The title is called He Is Risen, A Sacred Easter Presentation. Okay. It's only going to be an hour long. we were designing it so that it can be played on, it will be broadcast on uh, BYU TV on Easter weekend, and also will, will live on for a long time uh, on YouTube, so on and so forth. It's designed to be Familiar music, okay, but it but it kind of goes through the the Easter week or the, the the Easter week a little bit, if you will. Starting there's there's a section of the atonement, there's a section of the resurrection, there's a section of the promise of the resurrection, uh, the then there's a plea and then there's a benediction at the end. Okay, and again, most of the music I would say will be somewhat familiar. And that that's not familiar, I think, has a significance that will keep a person's uh, attention, we okay. hope. And uh, I think it will be a beautiful program. Uh, it's, it's almost all just the choir and the orchestra. There will be a little section of, of narrative given by some younger members of oh. the church which I think will have uh, uh, will be quite beautiful and quite significant. Okay. So we, we invite people to uh, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I think all the, the tickets for the actual concert here on Temple Square are gone. However, we really have designed this. Our hope is that this will not just be for the live audience, but really for the, for the many who can experience in so many ways through the miracles of
0: technology that we enjoy. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I I want to put in a plug for your, you have a concert coming up on Friday, May 10th, that seems kind of unique. Definitely not something that we would consider to be religious, but also an opportunity for people to come to the conference center and be exposed to the choir. Well, tell us a little bit more about this special concert.
1: This is uh, what we call the Tanner Gift of Music, which which is a bringing together of the Tabernacle Choir and the Utah Symphony, which is of course another uh, important musical ensemble here in the city and in the state. Tanner Gift of Music was actually the brainchild of O. C. Tanner and Gordon B. Hinckley, in bringing together these two musical organizations. Because when when the when this concept Came about, the orchestra at Temple Square did not exist at that time.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: so the choir didn't sing with orchestra very often, particularly here in the city. And so President Hinckley and O. C. Tanner had this idea of bringing these two organizations together every other year, I believe, uh, to to perform
0: publicly, just. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and as so a, as a gift to the community, it was it was yeah.
1: designed. I think somewhat with so that there would be sometimes when it would be what they 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 would perform what you would call a a major or a masterwork of a of a master composer like a and, Handel Messiah kind uh, of thing. Yes, uh, okay. a Verdi Requiem, a Brahms Requiem, uh, but then also at times to do what you would call a a, a lighter program and bring a guest artist in for that as well.
0: And that's what this event is. And that's
1: what this event is. Be it, but it, this event is also is part of the sesquicentennial of the Golden Spike. And in fact, we're, this concert is the, on May 10th, which is the exact 150th anniversary okay. of that event. And so we, uh, I know that there are a lot of events happening that day, including up at up at the actual site where all of that took place. But then our evening concert will be commemorating that event as well. We have, we're bringing uh, two very well-known guest artists, Brian Stokes Mitchell, who's actually become a favorite of, of that, our audiences here. He did a
0: concert previously, didn't he? Yes.
1: He's, he's been with the choir several times and, and just one of our favorites because he's he's not only a, a, a great, wonderful artist, but a great person. And then for the first time, uh, we're inviting uh, someone that he's performed with on several times, Megan Hilty. So it'll be an evening of Brian Stokes Mitchell, Megan Hilty, the Tabernacle Choir, and the Utah Symphony. And we'll we'll be also celebrating the sesquicentennial of the Golden Spike. Our tickets still available? They will be available to the public on April
2: 16th. Do those go pretty quick? They do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, The choirs, concerts, especially the big ones in the Conference Center or OC Tanner, yeah, I think uh, within minutes (laughs) sometimes. So get on that. What's the time?
0: Is it like 9 in the morning? Okay. 9, a.m. 9 in the morning. Awesome.
1: We, we don't, as I always say, we, we're not in the ticket. Uh, uh, <laughs> the ticket office. No. <laughs> we, 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 just, we
0: just get the music ready. Fair. That's fair. And that's a big job. <laughs> so thank you for what you do. Again, the CD is Let Us All Press On. It is available at Deseret Book locations, deseretbook.com. I assume that there are probably other locations, but those are the ones we're going to tell people to go to. If you have a minute, do you have a special story where you know of the choir converting someone or bringing someone into the faith? There are many, many, many stories
2: of the choir serving as an introduction to people. I have a binder <laughs> full of s- stories about things like that, but, yeah, we'd have to we'd have to pull it that's out. That's too
0: deep to get into, but yeah. that's nice to know there's <laughs> even a binder. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you, guys. Have you ever been referred to as the dynamic duo of the Tabernacle Choir? I don't think so. <laughs> Batman and Robin, you're okay with that? <laughs> Wonder, Wonder twin <laughs> Powers. <laughs> well, thank you both for coming on. We'll make sure to put a link that people can go to purchase this album, and uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for Mac Wilberg and Ryan Murphy to make the time, as well as the Tabernacle Choir staff that helped arrange this. Please go take a look at some of the things that you might find interesting on the Tabernacle Choir's homepage. A link to that, as well as a link to their CD, will be provided at the posting of this episode at ldsmissioncast.com. Thanks for tuning in, and stay tuned and stay subscribed to another episode of the Latter-day Saint Mission Cast.